Welcome to New City Sermon Podcast. Join us as we open God's Word to be empowered and challenged today. We are talking about following Jesus with our bodies. And just to clarify, as the church, we talk about being the body of Christ. That's a metaphor for the church, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the human body. We're talking about hands and ears and eyes and feet and knees. We're talking about our physical bodies. And one of the things that I've realized is that the idea of the human body is all throughout Scripture. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the Bible as a whole and what the story is, what the message is about our body. So with that in mind, let's dive in. We're going to read several Scriptures today, and we're going to start off with Psalm 139. Psalm 139 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Genesis 1, 26 or 27 takes us back to creation, and it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They will rule the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky and the livestock and the whole earth and the creatures that crawl on the earth. So God created man in his own image. He created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. Genesis 2.7 says, Then the Lord God formed the man out of the dust from the ground and breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and the man became a living being. God saw all that he had made. I want to ask for your help. And it was... Very good indeed. Romans 8 says, For the creation was subject to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay in the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. Not only that, we ourselves who have spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly awaiting for adoption. I'm going to ask for your help again. The redemption of our bodies. This is God's word. The, the other night, as I was lying on the floor, my body sent me a very clear message. That message was pain. (laughs) I had been exercising and while working out had just taken a step back and rolled my ankle and I just went down hard, splat on the ground. And as I laid there, my body was talking to me very loudly and it was saying, I hurt. And I was listening to my body. Uh, our body gives us messages like that. I rolled my ankle, and the next day I woke up, and it was, it was, 
it felt worse, and then a couple days later, it was black and blue. And so um, I taped my foot up this morning, not to play in the Super Bowl, but just to stand up here and preach. So if I go down, we need someone on the injured reserve to come up and finish the sermon for me. But I'm going to play through the pain. I can do it. Uh, But our bodies give us messages like that. I don't know if, if those of you who went bowling yesterday woke up this morning and your body was giving you a little message. Oh, we don't go bowling a lot. And we feel a little sore. Uh, Our bodies give us messages, but it's not just about pain. Our bodies give us messages about pleasure. Our bodies give us messages when we're sick. Our bodies give us messages when we're aroused. Our bodies give us messages. But so does the world. The, The culture around us, the people around us, we get messages about our bodies from advertisements. We look at advertisements and they give us messages about the human body. Our doctors also give us messages about our body. So does social media or the comments of our friends. They give us messages about our body, whether we should be ashamed of our body or feel good about our body or whether we feel at home in our body or not at home. Whether we work on our body or don't take care of our body, all these messages can be a little confusing to us and we can start to ask the question, how should we view our body? What are we to do with our body? What is this for? Is my body me or is it my property? What is this about? What does it mean to be human with a body? And all those messages can cause us to ask questions and have confusion, but we overlook what the scripture says to us about our body. All throughout the Bible, there are messages about the human body about what it means to be a person, about what it means to be redeemed in Christ and have a body. Look look at what Romans 12.1 says. Romans 12.1 tells us, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you not to present your souls, although that's part of it, but to present your what? Your bodies as a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God, this is true worship. In other words, when we serve God, when we follow Jesus, our body has a role to play in that. And it's not just about what we do with our bodies, it's also how we view our own bodies. Now, maybe you've never thought about that before. Maybe the ways that you view your body have always been subtle. They've been unconscious, but we're going to really try and bring that to the surface and ask the question, what does the Bible have to say about our bodies? What does the Bible have to say about your body? First of all, the Bible's clear. Your body has a creator. God created you and your body. David writes in the Psalms, for it was you speaking to God. It was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously or fearfully and wonderfully made. God created you on purpose. You're not an accident. God was intentional with forming you in your mother's womb. I love the surprise that David says. It's like, it was you. God, it was you who made me. And he says that he is fearfully made, meaning that it is 
awe-inspiring, like stepping up to the Grand Canyon. The same, the same feeling of awe should be when we look at our human bodies and all the, the nervous systems and the way that our digestion works and, and our muscles and our brain. It's just amazing that it all works. It's not an accident. It's on purpose. So often we think about what our body isn't. I wish my body was this way. But have you ever stopped to just take a look at what your body is because God created you? It's amazing. And it's wonderful. The the psalmist says it is wonderfully made. If you look at the creation story, God makes the animals and the trees and the earth and the sky, and he says that everything's good. But it's not until he creates Adam and Eve that he says, now it's very good. Us being God's creation is not incidental. It means that we have dignity and honor because God created us intentionally as his creation. When he made Adam and Eve, it was very good. And that means that you are not an accident. You are not a waste of space. How does that affect how you view yourself? How does that affect how you view others? You are made by God in a physical body. In Genesis 2-7, the author emphasizes that God made Adam as a body and then breathed life into him. We're not simply spirits floating around in this world. We have nostrils and hands and feet. We are physical bodies, which is so strange to think about in our increasingly digital world. You know, we live in this world that's becoming more and more digital. I would argue that I probably see more people on a screen every day than I do in real life. I mean, I can see more people on a screen in 10 minutes just by flipping through Instagram than I can in real life. And it's not necessarily that that's bad, but think about the fact that we were made as physical beings, and now we live in a digital world where we don't have to engage each other face-to-face. My question is always, what is that doing to us? I'm not sure we know yet, but we were made to be in physical contact with each other. We, We were made to be physically present, which is one of the reasons why people, when they say, hey, Pastor John, I love that you guys are on live stream. I'll just watch from home. I say, no, Come, because being part of a Christian community is being here together to hear each other's voices and to give each other's hugs and to see each other face to face. That's not just Christian, that's part of being human. At the end of the service, we're going to take the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. And it's real bread that we really eat. It's it's real juice that we really drink. It's physical because we were physical beings in a physical body who were created to bear God's image in the world, to reflect who he is. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, notice how frequently he says about the image of God. Let us make man in our own image, according to our likeness. So God created man in his own image. He created them in the image of God. Three times in three verses. We can't miss the point. We are made to reflect God in this world. There is something special about a human being that nothing else in all of creation has, that we are to reflect who God is. Now, what does that mean? Well, theologians have debated that for years. But whatever it it means, we do it in these bodies that we have. 
Preston Sprinkle says it this way. He says, theologians have wrestled for years with what it means to bear God's image. Is the image of God tied to our rational minds, our capacity for relationships, our elevated status, or some combination of these three, or is it something entirely different? Whatever the image of God points to, one thing is rather clear. Our bodies are essential to bearing God's image. It's incredible to think about, like the fact that we have to focus on things with our eyes and we have to get our hair cut. And if I can say it, our private parts get aroused and our feet get dirty. None of that is an accident. All of that is created by a God who made us to bear his image. And that is beautiful. Then we go, well, what happened? What happened? Why is our experience of bearing God's image so broken? It's because our body has a creator, but our body also has an invader. Sin has invaded our bodies. Sin, first of all, invaded God's good creation. When God told Adam and Eve in the garden, you can do anything in the garden. You can eat from any tree in the garden except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you do that, you will die. And Adam and Eve did it. They opened the door for sin to enter in and invade God's good creation. And sin isn't just a list of things that you don't do. Sin is a corrosive force that comes in and corrupts God's good creation. That's why Paul writes in Romans 8.21, he calls it a bondage to decay, a corruption that is happening. Like when you leave a banana out and it slowly turns brown and then gets gross, and grosser looking. So sin has infected and invaded God's good creation. And in invading God's good creation, it has invaded our bodies. And so now we need things like ace bandages for sprained ankles. And we need wrinkle creams. And the worst of the worst, we need tombstones. We need tombstones. Part of sin entering into this world is that our bodies are now decaying to the point where every one of us will face death. And that is part of the curse of sin. In Genesis 3.19, when, when God announces what sin will do, he tells Adam and Eve, until you return to the ground since you were taken from it, for you are dust and will return to dust. We often think that death is just a part of life, but death was never part of God's intention. Death was invited in by Adam and Eve when they rebelled against God. And when sin invaded creation and sin invaded the human body. And now we have things called tombstones. Something is broken in our bodies where we decay and we die. Now, I know that's depressing. Happy Sunday, everybody. <laughs> But I think it's actually incredibly helpful. It's incredibly helpful to think about. Here's why. When something bad is going on with your body, when something breaks, when something decays, our first thought is to go, God, why are you punishing me? Why did you bring this into my life? Why is this happening? Why does my body not work? And it's not that your body is decaying or broken necessarily because of your sin. 
It's rather that all our bodies are breaking because we all have sinned. Adam and Eve's sin and our sin has invited sin into the world. And when something goes wrong with our bodies, it's not necessarily God punishing us. Rather, it's just because sin has invaded our bodies and is breaking things down. Job's friends told him, hey, listen, you must have done something wrong, and that's why all these bad things are going on with you. But that's not what the Bible says. Often things just break in our bodies because our bodies are breaking down. Sam Alberry says it this way, it's not that one person's suffering is a sign of his or her sin, but that anyone's suffering is a sign of everyone's sin. And so when your body breaks, it doesn't mean that God is punishing you. It simply can mean that our bodies are corroding due to sin. But I think this is also helpful because when sin entered the world, immediately the first thing we saw was that Adam and Eve became confused about their bodies. They had gone from being naked and unashamed to hiding because they were naked. Immediately they experienced shame and confusion. So the Lord God called out to the man and said to him, where are you? And Adam said, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. Now I think what's happened unfortunately in religious communities is that oftentimes because people are confused about the body, they have a low view of the body. The body means sin. What's really important is our soul and our spirit. That's actually not true. The soul and the spirit is important, but so is our body. The confusion comes from from passages in the scripture that talk about the flesh. And when Paul talks about the flesh, he's not necessarily talking about our human body. He's talking about the sin nature that has invaded our human body. Our bodies have sin in them, but our bodies are not sinful in and of themselves. Our bodies are still part of God's good creation that have been invaded by sin. And so sometimes Christian communities can get confused and think, well, the body is shameful and it's bad and it's sinful. And the Bible does not teach that. Though we have sin in our bodies, though sin affects our choices, though we have a sin nature, our bodies are still something that God has created and have dignity and worth and are very good. Other people are confused about their body, especially right now. We're we're asking a lot of questions about this. Is my body really me? Is my body really me? Or is my body simply particles and property? Is it like a car that I drive for my true self? And we're having that conversation right now as a culture, and we can have that conversation, but you know that your body's part of who you really are when someone hurts you. Sam Alberry goes on to say, when people hurt your body, you know that they have not just damaged some of your property, They have violated you. And so sin has crept in and and really messed with the way that we view our body. So we have this disjointed view where sometimes we see the soul as so much more worthy and the body as bad. But the Bible says the body is good. 
God has created it good. And it has a high view of the body, though sin has invaded it. God is our creator. He's the creator of our body. Sin has invaded our body. But Jesus came to redeem our body. Your body has a redeemer. When we talk about salvation as a church, oftentimes we make the mistake of only talking about our soul and our spirit. But that's not how the Bible talks about salvation. The Bible talks about our soul and our spirit and our bodies. And our bodies. Romans 8, Romans 8, 23. Paul says, not only that, but we ourselves who have the spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. In, in other words, when Jesus returns, you're not a spirit floating around playing a harp you will have a renewed, recreated body. And that should give you hope. Because when you sprain your ankle or something goes wrong with your body, sometimes even permanently, that is not the final word. God is not done with your body. God is not done with your body. Your body is included and is redeemed by Jesus Christ. In fact, Jesus unites himself not only to you in your heart, but also to your body. That's why Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 6, he says, the body is meant for the Lord and the Lord for the body. God raised up the Lord Jesus and will also raise up by his, you up by his power. Don't you know that your bodies are part of Christ's body? In other words, what happens to Jesus' body will also happen to our body because our bodies are united to Jesus' body. So when Jesus, by the power of God, is raised in resurrection, so too one day your body will be resurrected. We have to stop thinking about salvation as some sort of ethereal, spiritual thing that doesn't affect who we are in the real world. You have hope right now because your body is part of the plan of God's redemption, and Jesus has united himself to you. Because, because his body was broken. We are redeemed. Our bodies will one day be restored by Jesus because his body was broken for us. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he sat with his disciples 12 other men in a room, each with a body, and he washed the feet of their dirty bodies. And he touched them, and he talked face to face with them. And he said to them, this is my body broken for you. Take and eat. Referring to the fact that his body would be put on a cross, and he would suffer and die. And in the same way, he took a cup. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant of my blood for the forgiveness of sins. Take and drink. Referring to the blood that would spill out of his body so that you and I could be cleansed of our sins. Thank you for listening to New City Sermon Podcast. For more information, check us out at www.newcityhh.com. We'll see you next week.